Um, I've been going through Second Corinthians, uh, the book of Corinthians, the letters, First Corinthians. We got all the way through. Now we're in Second Corinthians. So a little bit of a review. Uh, this is a letter to the church in Corinth. Um, it might, there might, from history shows, there probably wasn't just two letters because there's references in the book of Corinth about other letters. So it's possible that there was three or four letters, uh, but the Lord ordained for there to be two main letters that we look at, um, and that's why we're in Second Corinthians. Um, this is a letter of correction. It's a letter of encouragement. So if you need encouragement or correction, well, welcome to church today. All right. Um, just a reminder, this was, it was at the southern tip of Greece. It was uh, an isthmus, and it was a place where trade, a lot of trade would happen because it's, it was a little piece of land that separated two bodies of water, uh, so much so where you could take a small boat, put it up on lifts, and walk it across to the other side, and then continue on your journey. So there was a lot of people who were coming through here that didn't have roots there. You can imagine the type of things that would go on there. Um, there was not much accountability, and with accountability uh, is left alone. There's no, you know, the flesh is left alone without accountability. You can imagine the type of things that would go on there. And the, the enemy knowing that, um, and, and certain people taking advantage, they would have sexual worship to the, the goddess Diana. So they would send prostitutes, thousands, down to the city to have people to give offerings to their goddess, right? So all these temptations on top of having no accountability, being away from family, all right? That's the, that's the city, that's the backdrop that the city of Corinth was in, okay? So... This is what Paul was going against. This is, you know, not too far from maybe some things that we face today. Last time in chapter 5, these letters weren't broken up in chapters and verses. This is that was created later reference. So sometimes the chapters and verses aren't as an ongoing letter that was written. But last time in chapter 5, we went over how in heaven we're going to get new bodies how our earthly bodies are growing old, they're groaning. Um, we're just begging to be in heaven, right? For anyone who's ever been through any physical pain or sickness, you know those times are so hard and you're, you know, you get those thoughts like, you know, maybe just end this already. It's, it's enough, right? Um, we learned about the judgment seat of Christ, how we're not going to be judged for our sins, thanks to Jesus, but we're going to be rewarded, for the things we've done here. Uh, God's asked us to do certain things. When we do those things, we're going to get rewards in heaven for that. We also looked how our enemies made us, uh, I'm sorry, our sins made us an enemy of God, but now we're made in peace and we're reconciled to God through Christ. Right. So we always have to remember that at our best and at our worst, we're saved by grace. Right. We're saved by grace. We're having an awesome day. We've, we've done everything God asked. We can't, we can't be fooled to look at our flesh like, yeah, I'm pretty great, you know, and even at our best, we're saved by grace. And at our worst, we're saved by grace. That will help us from having those months, weeks, and years of not feeling, feeling where we don't want to, want to stay in our pity party. We feel like we're not worthy. We were never worthy. And that's a good encouragement to just confess and get back on it. 
and just get back on it because we could spend so long in that place of feeling, oh, I messed up again, I messed up again, right? We know that all of us have those areas in our life that we fall to. And just like the walls, you know, of these ancient cities, when the enemy knows they could get through that one spot, why change? We're going to keep getting through that one spot. We have to shore up those walls to a point where now you can't get in that way. And the enemy won't stop. They won't say, all right, they got, it. They got us, we're done. And now you're just going to, we'll live off our Christian life on a front porch drinking sweet tea. And <laughs> this, is my, this is my dream, right? Just rocking back and forth. Um, that's going to be for heaven. We're in a war, right? And um, I've used in the past of the picture, right? We're in the, we're in the middle of a Vietnam War. You wouldn't be setting up uh, a lemonade stand saying, you know, lemonade for sale, who wants lemonade? No, because there's people trying to snipe you and take you out and kill you and they hate you, okay? We're in a so home in heaven, you know, we have to have that mindset. So today we're going to look at some characteristics of a servant of Jesus, living a holy life, and hopefully I get to not being unequally yoked with unbelievers. So let's get into it. Second Corinthians 6, verse 1, we then... As workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. So Paul here is talking to believers, okay, people who are working for Jesus. Okay, we're workers with Jesus. And when we do serve him, we're doing it with him. We're doing it with, by his power. And God works in us and through us to produce fruit. Okay, that's it's God working in us and through us. We're working together, okay? And we're, gonna, we're receiving so much grace from God, and Paul is encouraging us not to receive that grace for no reason, but to use it for God's glory rather than to continue in sin and just waste time, right? Um, you know, the Bible talks about like drinking alcohol as like dissipation, right? Just a waste of time. So we, we receive God's grace, but should we continue in sin that grace may abound? Right, So it's that, that combination of knowing we're saved by grace, but not relying on that grace to just live a life of just giving into any sin and, and not being used by the power of God. So for any of us have walked with Jesus for, for you know, months, years, you've seen you know, this, this, this battle between the flesh and the spirit. Right? To remember we're always saved by grace. But not to rely on that grace that we should continue in sin, right? So the something's inside of us telling us, and that's the Holy Spirit convicting us of sin, right? Trying to form us to his righteousness, trying to get us to live that, that new life, right? Being transformed by the renewing of our minds, not being conformed to this world, right? We might look the same on the outside, but we're not the same anymore. So this like this newness of life. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So this is referenced in, um, he's referencing Isaiah 49 verse 8, where he says, Thus says the Lord, in an acceptable time I've heard you, and in the day of salvation I've helped you. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritage heritages. Um, so it's cool that just like Bible teachers today, uh, Paul would take scriptures 
from other parts of the Bible and weave them into the gospel because we know that Old Testament, New Testament, everything's about Jesus, right? Jesus Christ and him crucified. You can take any scripture in the Bible and take it back to there. And if you're not preaching about that, then I'm not sure what exactly maybe the point of the preaching is, right? We could preach a lot of things from the pulpit, politics, good living, um, money, right? But if it's not Jesus Christ and him crucified, it's, it's off base, right? Um, God hears us when we do not think he's listening, right? He says in verse 2, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. I remember the time early before I got saved. Um, this is back in 2006. I was searching, and I knew I was coming to a crossroads in my life of either kind of ending it all or following Jesus. And I remember for some reason, because I grew up Jewish, I don't know why I had a New Testament in my house, but I remember trying to read it. It was like a little green one with Psalms and the New Testament. So I didn't want to go too crazy. So I was trying to stay Old Testament because I don't, you know, I don't know about this New Testament thing. So I was trying to read Psalms and they didn't, and it really makes sense, right? But I knew God was trying to draw me in and then going to a Christian church and hearing the gospel message, it was just like, this is what I've been trying to get you to, right? Um, but I was crying out to him in despair, right? So sometimes God will remove everything in order to get our attention, right? And I had, you know, whatever, like growing up, a lot of distractions to keep me in a place where I didn't have to cry out to him. Not many people come to him in a place of power and, and might. Like, it's usually from a broken place where it's like I've tried everything and all right, and then he's like, okay. And like, he doesn't even reject us out of his love. It's amazing. Like, he could say, you know, like, that's, that's just, now you're coming to me, right? I mean, think about our relationships, right? Where some of us are parents, uh, we watch our kids make mistakes. Um, you know, I guess an unloving parent might say, that's what you get. Now deal with it. But him and his loving grace and his mercy says, I allowed you to go through those things. I tried to warn you out of love, not because I don't want good things for you, it's because I know that's going to hurt you, but now I'm going to help restore you. And now I'm going to build you up. And now we're going to create a relationship, a strong relationship. So come to me when, you know, when you're feeling those things or you're, you're lost, right? And then we, then we go on this journey, this amazing journey with Jesus that is crazy, right? Like, teaching here on a Sunday in front of you guys. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Hello. Um, this is the journey of Jesus. Um, so he answers our prayers at the right or perfect and approved time. What if, what if we try to, uh, you know, even on our loved one's lives, we try to avoid calamity at any cost. It's like, it's, it's, it's almost like our defense mechanism. Uh, when, when we have a reflex, right? We see something coming, we're going we're gonna to try to get out of the way. When, when, we, when we feel something burning, we move our hand, right? And the same thing happens with like, problems in our life. Sometimes we try to avoid having issues in our life that we'll, we'll do anything to try to get rid of them. And in the loved ones around us, friends, family, we'll try to help them. But what if God put that thing in their life for a reason? Because they're trying to get us, trying to get them to that place that he had us but we're trying to help to keep them from feeling pain. We're not God, okay? And 
there are people, and you may be one of those people, that people look to you to say, help me with this problem. And out of love, you want to help, but sometimes we have to make sure, that's why we're, we're listening and hearing from God, you may be getting in God's way. So just pray about it, filter it. You may be getting in God's way. You think you're helping, but maybe you're getting in God's way because he's trying to get them to the place that he got you at, right? But in the same way, to be open and merciful when they're ready for repentance and, all right, let's do this together. So just be careful not to bring people to you. It's not. It's usually subtle, and it's not really meant to be something that's evil, but it's something that happens, that people will look to you because you know they see you right there, but God's trying to get a relationship with him, right? Remember John the Baptist, right? Like, just point them to the Messiah. Point them to the Messiah. It's hard, but out of love, sometimes we have to do that. And at approved time, he grants us salvation at an appointed time. He hears our prayers, but sometimes he waits to answer them. What if he needs to get a little more out first, right? We still have too much strength in our flesh, and he needs to break us down a little more to get us to that place. Because if we have anything in our in our flesh that thinks that it's capable or worthy, we're going to maybe continue to rely on that. And God's trying to break us and just get everything out so that he can empty us, so that he can fill us new. Right? So, it's, it's at his time. And it's also, I think, it's something to look at. Um, I heard a, a teacher speaking on this how everybody in in their lives have had moments where they could have come to Jesus, right? So speaking to atheists, you would wonder, or people that don't have relationships to God, you're like, what about them? That just doesn't seem fair. How come they don't, you know, how come they don't get to be saved? But we don't know the different times in their life, throughout their whole life, where maybe they said no. God was knocking at their heart, and they said no. And then over time, what happens to a hard heart? We see in, uh, like with Pharaoh, God will harden that heart. He's just granting them what they want. Like, you know, God's not going to force love and relationship upon people. It's not slavery in that way. Like, he wants us to want a relationship with him. So those people have rejected him so many times that God's hardened it. Now you see this person, you see the, the after effect. But God has... And only the way that God can has spoken to everybody for a time of repentance. And maybe some of us have had those times where we've like, I know you're speaking to me, God, but no thanks. No thanks. And then he allows us to go through the no thanks. And then we come to him and say thanks, because that was tough, right? And it's hard, but he does it out of love. He does it out of love. And that's at a point of time. So... If, if you've been backsliding, right, maybe today's the day where you confess to him, right, and turn and come follow him. Why not? What else is, I mean, you've, how many times are we going to go through it, right? It's not a coincidence. This is the way it works. This is the way God's economy works. You can't, it's like, it's like the laws of gravity, right? It's the laws of God. If you break, if you don't do what he says, it's problems. If you do what he says, there may be problems, but he'll grant you peace and and love and patience through it, it's just different. So do things God's way. It's so much better. So much better. So maybe today's that day. If you've never given your life over to Jesus, right? You've never done that. You've maybe even been in church, 
but you've never confessed your sins to God and asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, you know, take some time to do that today. You're going to see when God comes to live inside of you, the power of the Holy Spirit starts to just take over. And now you're not just trying to be a nice person, a good person. Now you have the power of God living in you and through you. And that's where real power comes from. Moving on. Chapter, uh, verse 3. We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. So we're conscious of our walks, right? We don't want to offend people um, in a way that we could control. So if, if an example would be like a time when Paul, he wouldn't eat things offered possibly to idols in order to stumble another person's walk. So there may be instances in our life in those gray areas where it's not really a sin, but we know that if we did it, it would kind of stumble some people. We do it out of love to not, you know, not do those things um, or partake in those things, right? Uh, for myself, it's been years now since I've drank alcohol. That was a big stumbling block for me. I thought I was able to handle it. I, was all, I thought I was able to do it um, kind of in my room, uh, in, in the house where nobody was around. I didn't think it was affecting anybody, but it was. It was affecting. And whatever I do, my wife's going to do double because that's how she does. <laughs> it's... And, uh, it's a good, uh, you know, reminder. It's good things, though, too. Like, and I'm with God. She's going to do that as well. She's going to do double, right? So, it's it's a good accountability. But when we some, we're not affecting other people. Choices we make, and our actions speak louder than words. watching me, right? Looking at, 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 looking at the way everything watching. Um, and they want to know, what's that difference? Like, why are you so happy? Like, what are you smiling? What are you smiling at? Um, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I didn't know I was smiling. Um, why, are you so, why are you smiling? Um, so I, I work a little rough, but the kids are, they, they have um, really soft hearts. Like sometimes you know, people are like, how, how do you work in the South Bronx? And they'll be like, these kids are like, they're playing jump rope together. I'm just like, it's not really that bad. Um, but, but like the, they come from a place, a lot of them, where you have to be on guard all the time. You don't let your guard down because if you do, you can get taken advantage of. So sometimes they'll have a rough exterior. But the kids, they, you know, they just need love like everybody else. Um, and it's, it's, it's an awesome blessing to be able to do that. But that, you know, they have an excuse like, well, they come from a poor neighborhood. It's tough for them. But it's no difference from what we deal with. It's just in different packages, right? Like the same things that, deal, that we deal with, they deal with. It's just packaged up in a different way. And God can comfort and break through wherever we're at. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses. The word minister uh, in verse 4 is the, the Greek word diakonos, which is where we get the word deacons from, uh, which basically is just servant, right? So when we're serving, when we're serving God, um, it's basically someone who executes the commands of someone else. 
If you're a waiter, you better give what the person ordered or else you're going to get fired eventually from your job because the person who's ordering is the person that you need to follow. Um, if you don't follow what the person says, then you may get some complaints. I mean, some people might just say, yeah, fine, that's what I ordered. But others may eventually speak up and there's a problem. So that's what that word means, to be a servant. So we're following the commands of God. God tells us what to do, we do what he says. Uh, commend yourselves, if you see, but in all things we commend ourselves. Commend ourselves can be translated as approving ourselves as servants of God. Okay, approving ourselves as servants of God. So we have to be self-reflective about our service towards God. Like, to be real, right? We're trying to meet the needs of a minister by having patience. Okay, that's one of the first things in patience. Talked a, lot, a, bit, a little bit about it in the servants meeting. Just about the patience that Pastor Drew's had with us over the years. Um, the meetings, the reminders, the friendly reminders, the email reminders, um, the loving, the loving questions, right? Um, just patience. If you're walking holy, you see sins every day, everywhere. We all see them among ourselves and we see them amongst others. It takes a lot of patience and mercy not to point those things out, right? In patience, you're hoping that God will minister to that. Sometimes God will, out of love, pester you to say, hey, bring this up to somebody. Because it is sometimes easier to not deal with sins, but then those things could grow bigger. Um, I remember that being, you know, teaching and the students were leaving without passes and I was like, oh, whatever. Like, I'm so like, I'm just, all right, go to, you need to go to, all right, fine, go in the hallway. It's so important. You come to school to go to the hallway. I don't get it. Jefferson, what's, what's up with these kids? Right? Um, they come to school just to hang out in the hallway. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm just going to ignore it. But then God convicted me. He's like, out of love, go, go, like, discipline them. And they see that you actually care. You know, how many times are we, um, you know, kids, they just, they feel ignored. Sometimes they do things just for attention, just to see that somebody cares. Somebody is paying attention. Somebody wants good for them, right? And then when kids see that, then they open up. Now you have a relationship with this kid. Now you can share some good news. And the same for, for adults, too. Like, is it possible that maybe there's some adults in our life that God kind of revealed some sins, and out of love we could say, hey, you know, this might be hurting you a little bit, you know? And it could be an answer to prayer, like they're struggling and they need to talk about it with someone. Um, and going later, we're talking about unequally yoked. I don't know if we're going to be able to get it to uh, get to it today. But those struggles, I remember for years, um, maybe not feeling comfortable to share with brothers and sisters in church. Maybe me feeling more comfortable to share with my old friends because I feel like maybe there won't be a judgment. But that might have been something made up in my head. Or I want someone to tell me that it's all good that I commit those sins because they don't have the Holy Spirit living in them. So it's fine. You have that problem? Good, me too, right? And that's fellowship, but that's world fellowship, right? So we have to be careful to not fellowship with the world because the world will tell us, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I do that worse. You're not that bad. You're like a good guy. You go to church on Sundays. Like, 
you helped that old lady across the street. Like, she couldn't even get there. And then you, like, helped her across. But it's, it's not, you know, it's not about finding people to tell you that your sins are good. Sometimes God will be like, no, it's hurting you, and you need to stop. So, you know, um, just you know, think about those things. We're, we have to be ready for tribulations as servants of God. If you don't think there's going to be tribulations, um, then, you know, you should know what you're signing up for. Okay? There's going to be t- tribulations, but take courage because God's, he's overcome the world. Okay? Um, we could, we could have our best now, but it's not going to be worth it long term. This is a long term investment. Long term. If anyone's an investor, this is super long term. Like, it's like super, super long term. Eternity. But, you never know. That, that could come quicker than, than, uh, we might not. We you know, we might know. And we've seen, Life can go like this, right? Like having grandparents that have lived in the 90s, like, man, they're so old, and boom, they're dead. They're gone. Maybe, you know, it goes so fast, right? Um, so tribulations, they're going to happen. Uh, there is a spiritual war going on, and we have to fight spiritually. We can't fight with flesh and blood. We have to do it spiritually. So we need to be, like, on, on guard. We need to be training. We need to be making sure we're reading our Bible, praying, worshiping, not letting things come in that shouldn't be there, getting things out. Because they want to, you know, there's a battle going on, a battle for souls. There's a real battle for souls going on. And we're going to have our needs because in this world, there are things we need. But God provides our needs and not our wants. Stop and listen to that one again, right? God provides our needs and not our wants. We may want things. I want a house. I have two kids and I want a house. I think it would be nice for them to go in the backyard. My wife homeschools. It'd be lovely to have a nice little homeschool community in the suburbs where we could go and they can have a house, go play in the backyard while my wife is cleaning the dishes, looking out the window. All right? We got some chickens. I don't know. Um, But God's called me to this fellowship in this church, and for now, we have to live in Queens. So this is what we're going to do. I've lived here my whole life. And this is the burden we bear. We have to live in Queens. All right. It's not that bad. But um, it's not always just, you know, the fleshly wants and desires isn't always what God asks us to do because it's not what we necessarily want. It's, it's what we need. Knows for me, I'm in this fellowship. I could quickly become a cultural Christian and be a nice guy and talk with my proper voice all day. And it's... <laughs> well in yourself, right? I could do that. I could do that all. All right, that's fun. But that's not what God's called me to. And not, it's not that it's just this fellowship. It's wherever God wants. So many friends move and they've lost their zeal for Jesus. They've become cultural. They, they go to church every Sunday and then sometimes they don't because maybe there's vacation. Maybe there's some games going on. Maybe there's a barbecue in town that they have. It's not, Jesus didn't die for us to become nice people and be, be like, you know, open, open chairs and be polite. That's not why Jesus died. Jesus died for our sins. And now he wants to take our lives and for some reason use us for his glory. And now we're his body to love one another. So he has you in a certain fellowship to be exhorted and used and to serve him in that way, wherever he has you. All right. And it's not just to be a cultural nice person, right? He, he'll do those things. But that's not the point. Like, out of him saving us, all of a sudden we start to have love. And we start to, to be responsible. And I'm a better husband. And I'm a better father. 
But that's not the purpose of it. We can't get caught up in the in those things because God wants to use us because there's a war going on for souls. Maybe one of you here, right, is, is called to a certain area that's going to affect others, right? Like, I, I think God's called me to teaching because he knows I'm, f- like, flaky and I need to be in the word. And if I'm, and like, so he has a specific calling for you. Like, a calling, God has a plan for your life. Those are things that you may have heard of early on when you were first getting saved. But then you kind of forgot about it. But it's nothing's changed. God has a calling for your life. What is it? Maybe some of you have found it. And it might not just be in a career or just, you know, living a good life, but it's something for his glory. And in finding that's deep stuff. And God's been speaking to you about it. And maybe you've put it on the back burner. But today is that day, right, to to get on with it. Because every day just goes by and Days become weeks, become months, become years, and you're in the same place. And God's still telling you the same thing, right? And with, with his lovely patience. In verse 5, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fast. We're not going to probably be physically hit for faith, although it may happen. Um, but most likely not here in the United States. But, brothers and sisters, Jesus. Like this, we live in fairy tale land sometimes here in the United States. But this stuff happens in the world. Um, you know, women will get killed if their own father finds out some parts of the world. This disowned, even worse, killed. About feeling like. I'm not. He was like a. What? By, you know. And that was his, like, calling. So he'd hook up with other Navy SEALs, um, CIA, all these former special ops. And at night, go take like go take like silent helicopters, drop off extra. These are silly. I can't believe like and that's my struggle, right? That's our struggles. We believe it. Like this stuff happens around the world, right? And you know, we it, it, you know those are those are that's his calling, right? But our calling is, in God's eyes, are is just as important. Right, just sharing love with somebody next to you, maybe at work, maybe people that you're interacting with, a family member, and what's the worst that can happen? What's the best? Pair the two, been close, right? What if person's been begging for you to actually say something because they know you're a Christian and they were just wondering how come you've never shared with them? Thought that they would be offended by it, but the whole time they've been begging for you to. And they just wanted that open door. Today's the day of salvation, right? Reach out. So, we're not going to be imprisoned yet in this country for serving Jesus, but you never know. Um, You know, there was a woman who was protesting outside an abortion clinic and praying she got arrested. Uh, I think that was in England. But stuff happens. Uh, Tumults, like there's, um, you know, riots that Paul was caught. He was their money. He was like, get rid of those 
this and then it was like um, big riot that happened, right? So those things are going to happen. Uh, labors, intense work, um, united with troubles. As a Christian, we may be dealing with that. Losing sleep, right? When I brought this up in servants meeting, that you'll be waking up sometimes by holy or unholy spirits. And you're woken up at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, and you feel this heaviness, right? These are spiritual attacks that happen to believers, right? This is real. This stuff happens, right? Praise Jesus. Reach out to him and understand that these are the things that happen, and you're going through those things for the love of others, right? You're going through those things for the love of, love of others. You're denying your flesh. You're fasting. You're doing these things for the love of others. So Paul is telling us as servants of Jesus, we are going to go through problems for the love of others. But how do we do these things? And we do these things in verse 6 by purity, by knowledge, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love. So purity, right? It's that sanctification of our life, getting rid of those things. We're doing it out of love for others. In the process, we actually are benefited by it, right? When I thought that I couldn't live without drinking, I mean, I started developing a fatty liver, was um, feeling tired, um, looking older, right? I actually benefited <laughs> from not drinking, all right? Uh, it's great. All right, now it's like not even a temptation. Um, but purity, like getting those things in life, there are other things that God will... Work on that one thing, and then he'll move on to the next thing, and he's just trying to get us to live a pure life. Now, those are things that get in the way of us hearing from God. What are those things that are getting in the way uh, from God? Like, we have our phones, and what's our, you know, what's our first thing to do when we have phone time? What videos are we watching? Are those things getting in the way of hearing from God? Um, by knowledge, all right, understanding of God's word and his spirit. Long-suffering. That's patience, endurance, constancy, steadfastness, perseverance. These are, these are ways that we serve God. Um, kindness is a moral goodness, right? Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit working through us, uh, loving one another sincerely and not just by lips. We don't deny self for others that maybe we don't love as much. By the word of truth, right? Using God's word to guide us. Um, you know, how do we know that this is something that God wants from me, right? It's, we find, we have the Bible, um, right? Even Jefferson, he made reference to it. He, he was talking to his, uh, a kid that he lives with, um, and he's like, you know, what you go over in church? What scripture? And the kid's like, we didn't go over anything. And it's, then he's like, well, what are you learning? Like, if you're not going over the word of truth, then what are you going over in church? That's the state of our church in the United States. It's like, if you're not, I mean, this seems so simple, but that's because I've been discipled to just go through the Bible. But I've seen, you know, friends, churches, they put up videos, and it's a lot of excitement, and it's, and it's entertaining, but there's no word of truth, right? And there's so much power in God's word. Uh, by the power of God, in verse 7. By the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. So it's letting God's work work through us like a conduit. It comes in, pours out. Comes in, pours out. 
So are we going to, like, do we praise pipes in the ground for, like, its ability to have water go through? It's like, no, they're just there, right? That's what we are. We're just pipes, okay? Just work through me. Um, you know, the fact that there's so many people here today, that's a good sign, right? We're not following Pastor Drew, because if we follow someone, they'll let, they'll let you know, they're going to let you down. You follow me long enough throughout the day, I'll disappoint you in some way. Right? If that's going to ruin your walk with Jesus, that's a problem because you're supposed to be looking at Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean I have you know, the, the grace to just do whatever. Out of love, I should get those things in check. But don't follow people. Right? Follow God. We're supposed to make disciples of Jesus, not disciples of people. I'm armed with righteousness. Right? So in the times of back then, their, their armor would have on the right hand would be your sword. Right? On the left hand would be your shield. So it's having both things ready, right? That's how we have to walk out our walk with Jesus. By honor and dishonor. Here's like a, an interesting dichotomy that happens as Christians, right? By honor and dishonor. By evil report and good report. As deceivers and yet true. So through, I really here in church, uh, it's, and it could happen to you. People may and they may talk bad about you and they may have some, you know, your motive behind your love of just sharing Jesus. This happens to pastors all the time where people talk so much trash about this person and all they wanted to do was just bring them closer to Jesus and it became this whole thing. You don't understand. They just do this because they have this or whatever. These are things that happen when you follow Jesus. They're going to talk bad about you, right? So it's by honor and dishonor, by evil and good report. People were spreading rumors about Paul because he said he was going to come at one time, but then he ended up getting like shipwrecked, was dealing with all these drama, and then he came a little later, and people were like, you see, Paul's flaky. Like, he was supposed to come, he didn't come. Like, people are looking for any excuse to, like, bag on Christians, to bag on, like, following God. So... You know, if you're perfect, then, okay, you got this. But if you're not perfect, which none of us are, then we're going to be in trouble, right? So that's why we just got to be careful. We don't point people to us. We point them to Jesus because we're going to let people down. As church leaders and as Christians, um, we have to guard on attacks of accusations that are not true. So we also want to make sure our we don't have any appearance of evil, right? I remember hearing that Billy Graham would have a guy who would go inside his hotel room and make sure there's no women or anything in there. Because photographers would want to just have a picture of him and a woman in a hotel just so they could, you know, besmirch his name, right? So think about that throughout the day. Are we talking to coworkers of opposite sex in closed spaces? Um, are we sending text messages? Are we sending, like, friendly calls or this or that? We just got to be careful because those things can be used uh, in, a, in a way that looks we have to just be on guard. We have to guard our marriages, right? And if you're not married and you want to get married, we have to guard against your future wife or husband. Just be on guard because there's going to be things that look subtle them and, you know, they just need to know God and I'm the only person that... But just be careful because they may know that too, that you are just a nice person who's trying to help, but they might not be using that to manipulate to get closer. Just be careful because there are wolves and wolves want to eat known and yet well known as dying and behold we live as chastened and yet not killed so we may not 
TikTok famous. I don't know. I'm not on TikTok. But if you. Okay, we are famous with God. So, might be no, but God knows us, right? God knows us. So, how cool is that? Like, so much more important than being known by anyone. God knows you. God knows all of us so deeply and intimately. The fears, you know, we could all put on different presentations, but God knows the real us. Our flesh is dying, but our spirit is growing more and more until we go home. So, we're dying, but behold, we're living. It's like, what? Like, so we're, we're not famous, but we're known by him. We're dying, but we're also living. And we're chastened, we're being disciplined, um, but those things are being allowed to get us in line with his will, right? So in that process of getting disciplined, we're getting chastened, like we're getting disciplined, but it's, we're not going to get killed by it. It's in line because he knows that sometimes um, just something is not enough for us, just like with my kids. I could tell them, don't do that, but it's different when I grab them by the arm or they get crushed by that thing I told them not to touch. And <laughs> I don't know. If it's hard. Um, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. So we may be grieved by things, but we're still rejoicing for what we have to come. We may or may not have money, but we're rich when we have God. In reading up on some tragic ends to stories uh, of lives of billionaires, lives of um, like uh, celebrities, right? a lot of them, there's a common theme, and it has to do with depression, despair, loneliness, scandal. right? So, they were involved with some stuff they shouldn't have been involved in. Stuff's about to come out. I might as well kill myself. I'm a billionaire, and now I have to be a millionaire? Psh, forget that. I can't live as a, as a millionaire. I'm, I'm going to kill myself. Like, you think about that. We could easily get there. I mean, just like that, we could easily get there. It's almost better to not have something and to always think about what it would be like if we did have it than to actually have it and realize it was empty. Because then once you do, you're like, that was it? And that's what happens to celebrities. Like, they thought that all life was about was being famous and being that big star. And then once they got it, they were like, that's it? They're like, what's the point of living, right? Even though we might not be rich, even though we don't have anything, we still have everything because we know Jesus. So we could be confident in that. Instead of always striving to more the things we don't have, Right? Think about who we do have. Not the what, but the who. We have Jesus. So, don't, not to hold on to the things of this world. Everything, once we have assurance of heaven, the Holy Spirit guides a measure. Think about going through all these years and, and this, these times we've had. Imagine not having the Holy Spirit dealing with, dealing with the threat of, of world war lockdowns. Imagine you didn't have Jesus. Of course you're going to become an alcoholic. Of course suicide is going to go up. Of course you're going to get divorced. Of course you're going to deal with all these things because it's impossible. Imagine if we didn't have Jesus. We're so focused on what we don't have, but we have Jesus. Right? And God's just trying to draw us in with his love and remind us here today. So I'm going to close and um, when we're done here, if anyone would like to partake in the uh, outreach and you've signed up, 
Uh, please see Jose about that. And uh, next time, next week, we'll pick up here in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. So, Lord, thank you. And thank you for your word. I pray there. There were certain things today that uh, I could remember, that we could remember. The reminders, loving reminders. You just want good for us. You love your children. And you just want us to uh, be free from this world. And I pray that you would would help us, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Uh, please. I pray for divine appointments throughout. here today. Thank you, God. Thank you for this for this day, and we give you all the glory. Thank you for giving us you, Jesus. We have you, Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.